Ethan, after our discussion on free will and determinism, I've fallen into lethargy. Well, Wholesome, that sounds unproductive. What do you mean? I was living my life how I thought was best, doing my thing with my free will, but if everything is already determined, then I can't really care about anything, because any choice I make was never a choice at all. You're right. So you're not going to mind when I drink all your orange juice this week. You're doing what now? There's a rumbly in my tumbly that only copious amounts of vitamin C will satisfy. I'm taking all of your- It wasn't a question, heathen! I will kill you, and I will hold no moral responsibility because it was all predetermined to begin with. Well now, you can't kill me, because of one more philosophy concept that we haven't yet discussed. Put down the- Wholesome. Put down the nunchucks before you hurt yourself. I'll put you down! Compatibilism. You can't kill me because of compatibilism. The who's it, what's it now? Compatibilism. Compatibilism. It's a tough one, but I'll explain it to you. But you need to put the nunchucks and the ninja stars away. Okay, they're, they're away. They're called shuriken. And I'm sure you can. Put them away. Oh. Take out the guitar instead. You might have a choice after all. Mmm, alright. Don't be Aristotle by your Plato knowledge Cause we got our game I like We'll Vinny Vitty Vici and Mustache Yonichi And we'll never miss the marks Cause I'm awesome, he's even And this is our podcast show This is a continuation of last week's episode So I highly recommend you listen to that one first And learn up about free will versus determinism Prior to this episode But hey, you're free to do whatever you'd like. Or are you? There it is right there. Bam. Don't do it more times. (laughs) High tech. Uh, So wholesome. You're feeling weird because your actions have no meaning and might all be predetermined, yeah? Yeah, correct. And thus murdering me would not be your own freely willed choice either. It would be awesome, and it would help me feel better, um, but yeah, no, that's predetermined, too. And now you're all sad like a whiny little baby and don't want to do anything. Don't push it, but, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but before you knew about determinism, you were pretty productive, right? Drumming, photographizing, martial artsing, and doing the occasional good deed here or there. Well, what changed? Hey, not to brag, but only to be fair, I have to say I was living a life of more than just occasionally doing good deeds. I was productive. But then you taught me a stupid philosophy word. And it utterly changed your behavior. That's beautiful. Because I do think we should change as we learn things, and also makes me feel very powerful that I affected you. But you seem a lot less wholesome at the moment, and it's a little bit too late to change the show's name at this point. I like that you're more concerned with the... (laughs) can't even say words. More concerned with the show's title than, you know, with my well-being. Thanks, dude. (laughs) What? Uh, No, no way. I care about you. I just also care about our adoring fans. That that doesn't hurt at all. Thanks, Ethan. But I guess my previously sunny disposition was also predetermined, so if I go back to being happy, that'd be predetermined too. Whatever. Well, it sounds to me like you're making a choice to be a gloomy Eeyore. But everything we talked about last episode said I don't have a choice. And you chose to believe that. Oh, you are insufferable. I know, it can be frustrating. Mm -mm, That's not what I said. It's not frustrating, you are. (laughs) Hey, just because I'm the patron saint of heathens doesn't mean I don't have feelings too. Hashtag doubt. But 
I have a philosophical cure for your newfound grumpiness, and it's called compatibilism. If you believe in cause and effect, like most people do, then hard determinism, what we talked about last time, says that you can't also have free will. But soft determinism allows for free will and determinism all at the same time. And that's why soft determinism is also called compatibilism. But but how? Either I'm making my own choices freely, or, like we talked about last episode, everything is a chain of cause and effect, in which case we're just the effect of an earlier cause, etc. How can you have both? So there's this cool German philosopher named <laughs> Arthur Schopenhauer who once said, Man can do what he wills, but he cannot will what he wills. Really? He was cool? Did he, like, skateboard? Did he do some sick grinds? Was he radical? The 90s called wholesome. They want their puka shells back. Hmm, they're not getting them. Anyway, last time, we talked about how our decisions are influenced by factors not in our control, like our disposition or how we were raised. And that may mean that they're not our own decisions after all. Compatibilists say that these factors, these motives behind our decisions, may be determined, sure, but if these already determined things come from within us, then we still have free, free will. What, is the, what does that mean to come from within us? Just that I'm aware of the choice? It's more like we're shifting the definition of things just a bit. Well, I'll give you the first definition. Determinists were all like, Look at me, nothing matters because all free will is a combination of environment and predetermined internal chemistry and brain function that we have no ultimate control over. I'm dumb. Wow. <laughs> that is a very smart sentence for a dumb guy. But, sure, yeah. Also, your bias is totally showing, dude. Cover that up. Yeah. Just because it upsets you doesn't mean it's not a valid philosophy. Do you want me to end up murdering you without consequence or not? Come on. It really comes down to a difference in definition between the two. If you're having a random conversation with someone and ask, what is free will? The most basic definition is that free will is doing what you want. And determinists say, cool, but what we want is influenced by lots of things, internal and external factors, and that makes a truly free decision impossible because we're always influenced. Mm. Now, compatibilists agree, but they differ from determinists in saying that Internal factors and influences still count as free will. So both are acknowledging that external factors take away from free will, of course, but they treat internal factors differently. All right. All right. So I'm making a choice. It's still my choice, regardless of all the other factors. I, I want to watch The Great British Bake Off. doesn't matter that all my friends are watching it and that it's heavily advertised. I want to watch it. I watch it. Thus, it's still free will. If there are no external influencing factors and it's truly only based on your disposition and preferences, then sure. Great show. But uh, determinism <laughs> yeah, says... Hey, I have great taste. What can I say? <laughs> determinism <laughs> says there's a cause and there's an effect, right? Say you're at the gym and on a treadmill, which you said was your New Year's resolution. And uh, if the speed is set to max... You're going to be sprinting your butt off to make sure you don't fall and hurt yourself. That is how I keep this booty toned. Gross. But cause and effect, yeah? <laughs> Compatibilism places a bit more importance on what that cause actually is. The end result of you sprinting is the same whether you yourself bump the speed up to max or if I'm standing next to the treadmill and I turn it up. Either way, you're going to be sprinting. But in one case, the cause was internal, and in the other, the cause was external. It's the same determined effect, but 
everyone would probably consider one to be more free than the other. Hmm. So if the cause is internal, then it's free will. Exactly. The action may be determined, but if the cause is self-determined, then compatibilists say it's free will. Hmm. If we go back and look at the example we talked about last time of you getting Subway for dinner rather than anything else, compatibilists would say that since the decision was made from internal motivations, even though you aren't in control of what you actually want and what your desires are, since it was internal, it's free will. Actually, to give the full story, it was my girlfriend's idea to go to Subway, but she knows me so well and knows that I love Subway, so that's what we ended up having. Sorry to disappoint you listeners, but Wholesome does have a girlfriend. He is a taken man, so you're going to have to put your fantasies to rest. Yeah, but you're single, right, heathen? (laughs) The term single sometimes comes with a negative connotation. I like to think of myself as an independent being. This is why no one loves you. Womp womp. Well, that, that was an awkward pause. Where do we go from here? I want you to say that you love me. I'm not saying that. You know it's true. What is truth, anyway? Uh, Philosophical lines like that are my role. I'm not saying it. As long as I know you feel it, that's good enough for me. You know nothing. Ah, just like the great Socrates said, you're, you're right. The only thing I know is that I know nothing. You are not Socrates. And yet you love me anyway? That's touching, man. But let's move on from this love fest and get back to it. Let's talk about some moral responsibility. Preach. Our understanding of free will and determinism, and now this middle ground of compatibilism, has deeper implications in that how free we think we are also has a say on how responsible we are for our actions. Like, if we're not free, then we're not responsible for our actions? That's the whole question. But what you said makes sense to me. If someone is forced to do something that they don't want to do... Generally, no one is going to hold that person accountable. If you push me and I knock into another person, I didn't do anything wrong, and the other person generally isn't going to think I'm responsible. Unless they're drunk or something. Oh, drunk is a great situation for responsibility. If, a say, a friend of yours says something stupid or acts silly while they're a bit drunk, you don't give them a full pass, but you do blame them less than if they were sober. I mean, they're drunk. They're not thinking clearly. I think you're just giving yourself a free drunk pass. No, not true. It's philosophy. Was it philosophy when you tried to race everyone and faceplanted on the first step? If I remember correctly, you cried like a wussy. I have zero recollection of this. This is not true. Mm, Okay, fair enough. Lies. (laughs) How about all the times you drunk texted your exes? Also, not true. Yeah, none of those? None of this is true. Oh, good. Glad those aren't true. Listeners, earmuffs, earmuffs. (laughs) Well, um, I would judge you more for face planning if you were sober, because you should know better. So drunk people may not be fully responsible for the dumb stuff they do, but barring a weird circumstance, they chose to drink in the first place, right? So we give them a pass, but indirectly, they are still kind of responsible. It gets a little less clear. If we live in a world of free will then we are responsible for actions because we did them. But if we live in a deterministic world, then since we're not free, we're just the effects of earlier causes, we can't be morally responsible for our choices. Yeah, but that's not the legal world we live in, right? If you break the law, you're going to be held accountable. Just ask Daredevil. But aren't we a result of the world around us? How we were raised, our friends in school, what we've experienced before... 
So your actions are yours, but how free are they? That's the question. So we've moved on from whether an act is free or not to how free an act is. Hoo-wee. Okay, so levels of freedom. Yes, yes, this is great. This is fantastic that you pointed that out. So um, think about think about yawning. You don't have mm. control over yawning, but you do have control over whether you cover your mouth when you yawn or look like a demon is ripping your jaw apart, you know? Sorry, all right. You made me yawn. You said it. <laughs> like, actually, though, I hate you so much. <laughs> I made myself um, yawn. Yeah, I, I really am, too. <laughs> I have so much power. You're just psychology, man. Uh, so, so um, moral responsibility comes from freedom, which comes from control, right? Is that, is that what we're tracking? Yeah, yeah. But, well, how about being morally responsible for something when we don't have control? Mm, that doesn't make any sense. Well, this is where we're going to play the philosophical game of, I know this is nuts, but let's explore a situation anyway. <laughs> Jeez. Is that a new uh, segment of the podcast? Because uh, if so, your terrible naming skills indicate that you are a great philosopher, my man. Thank you. Thank you. I, I will fully accept that. But uh, speaking of great philosophers, <laughs> so humble. Harry Frankfurt is an American philosopher who came up with these things called Frankfurt cases. And these are scenarios where someone can be morally responsible for an action, even when they don't have an alternative. Mm. And one of our starting ideas was that free will has to include the ability to pick an alternative, right? If you have no options, then you can't have free will. For sure, for sure. So yeah, I know this is going to sound weird, but let's dive into it. Say Carl is going to go vote in an election between the dinosaur party and the robot party. And beforehand, unbeknownst to Carl, someone from the robot party implanted a control mechanism into his brain that will make him vote for the robot party. Mm. But it's a really sneaky mechanism. We don't want it to get discovered. So it only kicks in if a different vote is about to be made. So if he votes for robot party, the mechanism does nothing. But if he tries to vote for someone else, it will mind control him and force a vote for the robot overlords. Oh, jeez. But the thing is... Carl has always been a big Robot Party supporter and votes for the Robot Party on Election Day. But if he had wanted to defect, he couldn't. Right. So, did he have an alternative? Clearly, no. So normally, we would say without alternatives, he can't have free will. And without free will, he's not responsible for his choices. But it would be weird to say he's not responsible for his vote here. Hmm. This is a dilemma. Oh, hey, I kind of know a superhero who does this. Man, that sounds bad. Hero? That's pretty messed up power for a hero. And he's one of the most popular. Go figure. Um, But I'm talking about the ever-famous X-Man, Gambit. The Cajun dude who throws cards? Ooh, I am impressed you knew he's Cajun, but yeah, the dude who throws cards. Turns out I know a tiny bit more than nothing. But Mm. uh, throwing cards sounds totally unrelated. Uh, don't worry, Gambit has another power, and it sounds super sleazy. Uh, hypnotic suggestion. That does, in fact, sound super sleazy. Oh, yeah, uh, and that's exactly where it ties in. Now, Gambit is a known hottie in the X-Men universe. Just <laughs> just Google that hunk of man. So it's not uncommon for people to want to kiss him. And if he wanted to kiss them back, well, then swell. But there's a chance here that if he were eviler, that he could do the same thing as in the political example. 
vote for robots. I distinctly remember the X-Men not being fans of certain massive robots. You know what I mean. If someone wants to kiss him, and they kiss, all good. But if they chose not to, he could still subtly convince them that they do want to kiss him. So they never really had a choice in the matter to begin with. Maybe he's used this on infiltration missions or to get in Vogue before. Not totally sure. He's not the noblest X-Men. But this feels pretty similar. Pretty messed up, but that does apply. Man, this this guy's popular? <laughs> oh yeah. Let's let's Google the rankings. Um most popular. You would you would want to Google the hunky X-Man. Yeah. Is that what you're typing in? <laughs> um it Hunky X-Man. Oh, Colossus, good for him. Um <laughs> 10 most important... No, come on. Give me something actually... Should not be that hard to find his rankings. Should we be doing this live? Oh, man. I, oh, I found oh, I found your rankings, Heathen. Um, yeah, what? Number three on least sexy all men right. of all time? Let's, uh, let's just... Uh, let's, yeah, no. Let's says it, says it right there. Eh. I, well, uh, <laughs> he made number four on 50 sexiest male characters in comics. Wow. Yeah. This would definitely be the kind of knowledge I expected from you. I... That was actually encyclopedic. I didn't need to look that up. <laughs> um, let's just... Why don't you wrap up this last episode for us, Wholesome? You you betcha. That's that's all you keep me around for. Uh, we we mostly say free will is doing what we want, all right? That's, that's the core crux of this idea. But for a more sure. intricate definition might be doing what we want without influence, or without being influenced. Am I reading that right? Uh, yeah. Determinists say the world is causes and effects, and those effects are new causes, and on and on and on, including us. So what we do is the effect of earlier causes, for sure. Right, so that's determinists. Um, and they also say we can't pick how we are, like what things we like or our desires, and that none of our decisions are really free. Compatibilists, on the other hand, come in and they're like, yo, hey, we agree with outside influences limiting our free will, but they say free will still exists when we're only influenced by things that come from within us. Boom. Nailed it, dude. Well, that wraps that up. And a special announcement before we go. Next episode will be coming to you from sunny South America. We'll be live in Spanish. It will be neither live nor in Spanish. Neither of us speak Spanish. Um, excuse you? I know how to say yo quiero dos cervezas y una arepa. Uh, that sounds pretty legit to me. I only know how to say donde esta la biblioteca. We'll be golden. <laughs> We're so screwed. Um, uh, but for real, Ethan. Uh, Ethan and I used to be roommates, uh, but we now live halfway across the country from each other. We have to basically Skype these things in. Um, but we're going to go explore a previously unvisited continent together. Woo! Wholesome is taking me on a romantic getaway. Um, well, dude, you're the one who booked the hotel, so if anything, you're taking me. Wait, I did? Didn't you? Um... I gotta go do some stuff definitely not related to booking hotels. Oh, great. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Ethan is going to go make sure we don't sleep on the streets. Though that could be a fun <laughs> philosophical experiment, too. Or experience. You wouldn't be your first time, man. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a story for another time. Yes, yes. Um, another one that would have been good in our list of examples earlier. But yeah, anyways, thanks everyone for tuning in. Hope you have an awesome night. We'll see you next week in South America. Uh, you'll, you'll see how we sound when we're actually together. Later. Cheers!
Also, Mahina do not endorse murder under the basis that all choice is meaningless. We also do not endorse murder in general. Also, Manhattan's official stance is that murder is bad, and we're pretty confident on this one. We do, however, support throwing cards and Cajun accents. Let us know what awesome accent you have on wholesomeandheathen.com.